Welcome to Shift, a college admissions ACT and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that includes everything you need to ace your ACT test. A full textbook, tons of ACT questions backed by our memory-enhancing algorithm, videos on key topics, a built-in study planner, and full-length practice exams. You can get a free trial by going to achievable.me, and if you like it, use the code PODCAST to get you 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started. Today, we have Jason Morgan with us, and Jason, I'd love if you could introduce yourself. Sure. Thanks, Tyler. I'm Jason Morgan. I'm a private tutor. I'm a curriculum expert. Uh, I've got about 20 years of experience in the world of AP testing. Um, I help a lot of individual clients, and you probably you would know me best from working at the Princeton Review, where I am uh, uh, not an editor, but I, I update and write many of their a- premium AP titles every year, particularly in language and history. Um, I've also served as a subject matter expert for a lot of AP curriculum teams at private educational content management companies. Um, I've done that in the field of AP human geography. So that's me. Great. Yeah, and makes you a good person to talk to today because we're going to dig into AP classes, right? Um, And I think, you know, everyone now kind of looks at AP classes a little bit like, oh, it's kind of a requirement to have one or two, right? Even my cousin is taking AP and art history because she thinks it's one of the easier ones. But that's not really the point, right? I, I think the point of AP classes is always to offer advanced curriculum and potentially college credit and things that you were interested in. Um, but I'm curious, you know, what are other than obviously it's good for college, um, particularly if it's related to your potential major, what are the main things that are the benefits of taking AP classes? Uh, of any AP classes at all? Well, you've already put your finger on the big one, which is, you know, you get a better chance of getting admitted to Mm -hmm. universities, particularly the more elite ones. Um, But all universities, of course, look favorably on AP exams. I would like to add that if you're in a very um, competitive major, uh, there's a lot of people trying to get into computer science or engineering, things like that. um, Most of your competition will have taken AP exams in those related subjects. And so you need to as well. Um, It's really important. Another reason that you really want to take AP uh, exams and classes is to demonstrate to colleges that you can actually hang (laughs) when you get to their their classes. You know, Um, this is really important, I think, for some of the STEM areas, but it's also it's also important for the liberal arts. Right. Finally, uh, sorry. Uh, finally, the the last thing I was just going to say is that um, if you have your eye on some of the most elite universities in the United States, um, everyone applying will be taking multiple multiple APs, and you, you pretty much won't stand a chance unless you have. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like now it's a little bit of an AP arms race for those schools, right? Like, how many mm-hmm. people do you see typically? applying with nowadays how many ap tests do you see people applying with Ooh, that's a good question um i have a student right now who is starting her senior year and she will finish with 16 16 ap exams uh, she's taking six alone this senior year for her 
that's an exaggerated amount, but the most typical number I see is anywhere from five to 10. Yeah. I mean, that is <laughs> any more than like two or three for me feels like a lot, but I'm from a different era. Um, a typical, wow, okay, yeah. a, a typical arc would be to take, if your school system allows it, is to take one in your freshman year, usually uh, mm-hmm. human geography or sometimes world history, and then to take two in your sophomore year. And then they open up the floodgates uh, junior and senior year, and that's when people end up taking four or five or even six. Wow. All yeah. right. Well, that's crazy. I mean, I think that there's some, I just have the follow up question. You know, is is this RAP classes a good way of figuring out what you want to major in? Mm. Right? Or at least maybe eliminating some things that you don't like. I think the second option is more accurate. It'll probably teach you what you don't want to do in more in more rigor and more detail rather than what you do want to do. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Well, then, yeah, so then, uh, I mean, obviously, taking AP classes in your major makes a ton of sense, because um, at at a bare minimum, it's a kind of an admissions requirement, but then also, you could, you know, hypothetically, and hopefully, learn, uh, you know, get college credit and be able to skip maybe the entry-level class of that major in your school, which saves you money and time, and frankly, just like, some, it's just work you don't have to do. Sure. Um, but what about other AP classes, right? Like you talked about AP geology, and I don't think there's that many geologists out there. So like, what are the benefits of taking AP classes that are unrelated? Oh, I think you meant geography, human geography. Or geography, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you're going to take AP, obviously you you can only go into one area in life. Uh, So if you're a person who takes six, seven, or eight AP classes, then Quite a few of them are going to be unrelated to what you do in the future. That's fine. That's absolutely fine because when you study anything at a high level like that, you actually you actually kind of sharpen your mental tools that are inside your head, and that makes you better at the things that you really want to pursue. Um, this is exactly the same reason why it's good to actually study for the SAT or ACT, um, right? Because the, the process of of just going through two or three months of that makes you better at everything else that's more important in life. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, it teaches you how to study and teaches you also, again, it's like leveling you up from the rigor of high school to the rigor of college, preferably a little bit of a warm-up before you get there. Absolutely. It's like someone putting their hands together and giving you your foot a boost over a fence. Yeah, absolutely. Also, when you take a bunch of AP classes, even ones you, you don't care about, that you're not going to be going into uh universities see that and they know that you're a person who who challenges himself or herself okay i I work also in college admissions as a private counselor and uh over and over we hear from committee uh, private admissions or sorry from college admissions uh committees that they really look for students who challenge themselves with an ap course and i hesitate to say that it doesn't matter how well you do in the course but to a degree, it doesn't matter how well you do in a course. They just want to see that you're the kind of person who tried. You know? Right. So Yeah, so taking AP classes is good, even if maybe you don't get a good grade. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of like the implication there? 
Absolutely. I've always I've always said that if you're an all-A student in regular classes, just be prepared to get some Bs in your AP classes. And schools aren't going to punish you for that at all. It's a period of transition. You're learning how to be a better a better student. That's fine. No worries. Yeah. So. Very cool. Well, then what are... So I think like the other thing is, you know, AP exams and AP classes are sometimes a little different, right? So yeah. are there any instances where you would want to take the exam but not the class first or should you kind of always be trying to do class than exam it's definitely easier if you if your school offers the class for you to take the class and then the exam in may but there's definitely a lot of schools out there that don't offer certain ap classes or don't offer ap classes at all and so if if that's the case it is i want everyone listening if you're in high school, to know that it's always an option to take the AP exam without taking an AP course. You can study yourself. It's um, Many people do that. Yeah, so tell me more about that. I mean, are you, like, are, are there specific tests that are better for this? Are there, or do you have advice for people that are looking to go down this path of self-studying? Yeah, I have a lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, universities are going to definitely notice that you, you did this and they're going to put a big gold star right on that application. It shows that you are a very detail-oriented, um, determined, and conscientious student. They love those qualities. So if you, have the, if you have the willpower and the drive and the execution, go ahead and, go and, and pick one or two AP courses or AP exams in topics that you like and see what, what you can do with it. Spend all school year studying on your own now and then uh, for the exam in May. And you may be surprised that you could end up with a four or a five, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you self-study and you even get a four, I think that's a win. Absolutely. Colleges will notice that. And if they don't, you can just to make sure they notice it in the applications in your senior year, you can put that in the additional information. Just remind right. them that that you, you didn't take the class, but you got a four on the exam. So there's, it's really wide open. There's, there's 38 different AP exams as of right now, and you could conceivably do quite a few on your own. The ones that most people take uh, self-study for, there's four of them, uh, for those of you listening and are curious about this. The, the first one that's most commonly self-studied for is AP Environmental Science. The reason for that is that many schools don't offer the class, uh, but people right. want to take it. The other three I would recommend above that one, um, AP Government, AP Psychology, and AP Human Geography, which is the one that I do deeply. Those three are definitely able to be self-studied, partly because uh, they don't require as much um, rigor in terms of like the way STEM classes do. It's just a lot of reading and a minimal amount of memorization uh, of different government uh, trends, psychological ideas, and uh, demographic stuff for human geography. Mm -hmm. So those are the those are the ones that I would recommend. Got it. Yeah, and then I mean, can you take like if it even if it's something that is pretty hard, like AP Physics, but you're really interested in physics, can you still take an AP exam even if you're not? going to take the AP uh, class for it or that your school doesn't offer it? 
Yeah, you can take any AP exam you want if your school agrees to get the test for you. Um, and you have mm, to ask okay. them. You should. You have to ask them many months in advance. It's not something you can do just a few weeks in advance. So you should make that decision for yourself in maybe September or October of of the school year, and then and then chat with your your administration. Yeah, that also means that you can't back out once you make that decision. <laughs> <laughs> I. You know, I bet you could because there are definitely people who skip out on, uh, on AP exams now and then. <laughs> Your school might be angry at you, but but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, you can always back out. Yeah, it's more just like try to make that decision really firmly before you get your go through the work of getting your school to <laughs> get the test ready for you. Seems yeah. like a lot of work. Overall, though, uh, I would say that the STEM the STEM topics, um, science, technology, engineering, and math. Those ones are a little bit tougher to self-study for. They're a little more rigorous, and it really helps to have some a tutor or a teacher helping you along there. And by the way, that's another option. When I say self-study, that just means you're not in a course at school. You could conceivably pay for a private tutor to come help you, you know, a few times throughout the year to get ready for it. Right. I've been I've been that person for people. So yeah, I bet at the bare minimum, if you can just get the tutor to help you create a rubric and know what to study and then check in a couple times, it probably makes a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So then what are the, um, you know, I guess the only other thing is uh, just talking generally about the AP exams kind of as we wrap this up, right? Like, how? what do you say, what advice do you have for people that get kind of intimidated by you know, all the, what it seems like everybody's getting a five and, you know, it's really like that whole thing, right? Like, how do you, what do you have to say to those people? Oh, to people who are afraid that they won't be able to get a five? <laughs> yeah, well, just afraid, afraid that it's going to be too hard, you know? Well, it's supposed to be difficult, number one. Number two, uh, everyone's in the same boat. If you, at least everyone in your grade is in the same boat, you're all... Uh, facing the same type of difficulty in the exams. Um, number three, every every year before you, other people have done this successfully. And number four, a passing score on the AP exam is usually a three, a four, or a five. Occasionally, a three doesn't qualify, and it's only a four or a five, depending on the school, the university. Um, but in that, if that's if you look at it that way. You know, a good number of people who take these exams do pass and get college credit. And with enough lead time, meaning like at least six to six weeks to eight weeks of study, and mm -hmm. with a smart program, pretty much anyone can can be one of those passing students. That's right. what I would say. Yeah, and it saves you a lot of money, right? I mean, money and time at, at, the, at your new college so you don't have to take a whole class. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I could have graduated. Uh, from college in three years, if I had chosen to, because of my AP credits, um, right. but I, I I ended up staying, sticking around, and doing a master's degree in my fourth year. Um, so that's just a personal example, but there's a lot of people like like that who graduated right. a, sem a semester early, or sometimes even a year early, thanks to thanks to AP credits. Yeah, my wife did a semester abroad. So I mean, it, it it's not just, oh, you can graduate early, which I think, you know, some people are like, hey, college is only four years. I want to stay the whole time. It gives you flexibility. You can do a lot. You can have a second major. You could go abroad. You could do a master's. You know, just it's a good thing to do. 
Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, great. What I'd like—I just want to point out one other thing for those listening. Um, some people might be going online and trying to find um, the passing rate percentages per exam um, to see which one's quote unquote easier and which one's quote unquote harder. I just want to warn the listeners that don't let those high passing rates uh, in certain in certain tests uh, fool you, because those exams tend to be selected by students who are already excellent in those subjects. Does that make sense? Right. Uh, I'm thinking of something like AP Calculus BC, which has a very high passing rate, or AP Spanish Literature has a really high passing rate. Uh, people who are going into calculus, and people who are, are going to take the Calculus BC exam are already on their way to a, a major in STEM and are most likely. Right. And, and probably a career in it. So they're, and they've probably got good teachers because very few people take calculus BC with self study. So that's, that's what I mean is like that those tests select for people who are already great. Spanish, I pointed out, that has a really high passing rate because of the number of native speakers who take AP Spanish. Um, right. And they, they have a huge advantage over those of us who aren't native speakers. And then if I could just point out the flip side of that coin, there's some AP exams like uh, AP Language or AP U.S. History that have a lower passing rate overall nationwide than globally. And the reason for that is that a lot of students end up taking those exams because they got railroaded into doing it by their parents, by their administrators, their teachers, and even their friends. Um, you know, AP Language is an English course. AP U.S. History is a history course. The attitude from the people around the students sometimes is, since you're already taking an English or a history course, why don't you just try the hard one? You right. know, but maybe maybe the student doesn't have like the heart to do that. They don't have the and they don't have the ability to stand up for themselves in that situation and say, I want a regular course. This ends up reflecting poorly <laughs> on them in May when they take the AP exam and they have no desire to do so and they end up getting a one or a two. That's what brings right. down. That's what brings down the passing rates for certain exams. Well, and that's the thing too. It's like, remember, this is a ton of work, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so, if you're a parent listening, right? Like, yes, it, it's important that your kid takes some AP exams for college admissions, but if they do poorly on them, then all this time and effort has kind of been wasted, right? Like you, you've got to be able to find a compromise with your, with your child. And, you know, if you're the child, you got to tell your parents, like, I've got to do something that I'm actually interested in or else I'm not going to be able to get a good grade on it. Yeah. I, I would agree with everything you said, except the fact that it hasn't been wasted just because college admissions committees will see that you attempted the course at least, which, which says mm. something. That's all. Got it. Cool. Great. Any other thoughts on AP classes and exams? I think that's it for now. Thanks, Tyler. You're welcome. Well, this has been Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Jason Morgan. You can get a free trial of Achievable's ACT course by going to achievable.me and be sure to use the code podcast to get 10% off.